Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. In today's podcast, we're going to have a conversation about the Lent and Easter season. What is God doing in Frontier during the season? What do we hope God will do in the remaining few weeks of this season? So whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. Sup, I'm Cole, I'm lead pastor at Frontier, and it's just me and... Andrew, I am the associate pastor at Frontier. Dude, how's it, how's it going? It's kind of gray and rainy today, and I think that both of us are a little less than energized. Yeah, and I've got an itchy eye for some reason, so I can't see very well. Itchy eye? Yeah. Is this a thing for you? Yeah, usually this time of year, but I mean, like, things are just barely start to, starting to bud around here, so I don't know what's going on. Hmm. But well, it's that sucks, man. Really ag- aggravating. Hmm. Mm. Hey, how's um? We're a couple weeks into our Lent sermon series right now. Last words of Jesus from the cross. How's it going for you, dude? It's been. I've really enjoyed um, the sermon series, and it was really. It ties in nicely with the ending of our Habakkuk sermon series. It kind of does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been, and just the way that we've approached it, you know, it's so different than our normal. Uh, Sunday gathering times where we're, you know, doing homilies instead of, you know, long form sermons and, you know, mm-hmm. having our neat and tidy order of service. So doing, yeah, 10 to 15 minute homily and then having open mic time for the church to share what the Lord is teaching them through Lent has been, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a little scary every time. Because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You, know, yeah, you don't yeah, know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's been rewarding. Like there's not been a Sunday where I'm like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Like it's been really, really re- rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was crazy. Um, Saturday night when I got done typing up my little homily for this last Sunday, I printed it off. And at the same time that I printed off the homily, I printed off the liturgy and I got both of them out of the printer and I looked at them side by side and I was like, hey, Chloe, guess what? This is the first time in the four and a half years that Frontier Church has been a church. This is the first time ever for me that the liturgy is longer than the sermon. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, this is a record for me. Yeah, every, I think everyone was, yeah, they were definitely surprised whenever you're like, hey, let's pray. <laughs> we were kind of looking around. I was like, is that allowed here? Can we do, can it be that short? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like a fourth of the size of a normal sermon. It was. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's it's wild. It's been busting up our services. Yeah. I, like, I'm with you, though. I, You know, usually we, you never know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, no matter what your order of services and no matter what your sermon looks like. Mm-hmm. But on a regular Sunday, you usually have a pretty good idea. You know what the order of service is. You've got your sermon written out. And yeah, like the Holy Spirit's going to push a little bit to the left and push a little bit to the right. And there's going to be some surprises. But that's different than during Lent season, having an entire 15 to 20 minutes of open mic where you're like, I don't know who is going (laughs) to say what this morning. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's, It's been rewarding you know because we we are so tight with our normal order of service and it's very Mm -hmm. uh it's you know it's it's easy you know it goes back into that um order versus chaos like we lean on a regular sunday into the the heavily ordered and it's not just mindlessly ordered but it's like very methodically thought out of like this is what this time is for this is what this time is for and this is what that time is for um so it's been it's been cool to still have that structure but allow um, you know, it's, and it's also just been good for me to to remember that I'm a part of the church, right? So, getting hearing from all these people on Sunday mornings is, and I hope that's been helpful for the other church mm-hmm. members. Is like, oh, we're in this thing together, we're in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been a cool uh, a cool lesson that I've learned just as a result of us doing these open mic times. Yeah, it has been, and I we only have two goals in this podcast. The first one is I want. I want to look back at our time in Lent so far, and I want our church to hear from you and me about like, what do we think God has already done? What do do we think God is doing in our church? And the second goal is I want to look forward. We've got two more weeks until Easter, and I want our our church to hear like, hey, what do we think God is going to do leading up? So we're going to look back and we're going to look forward, and I'm excited to do those two things with you. But before we do those two things, um, 
have there been any any open mic moments that have deeply impacted you so far? Hmm. I mean this this past Sunday at the nine o'clock. Uh, yeah, it was hot. Yeah, it, was, it was hot. Dang. Um, I don't know if there's like a specific moment, but was you and I talked about this after that service was pretty much everything that everyone said was the same thing. So it felt like the spirit had given uh, a unified message to the church that Jesus is better. Jesus is worth more. Mm-hmm. I've got all these issues in life right now, but I know that Jesus is better and and more beautiful and more good than anything that I've abstained from or need to abstain from. And so that was, that was uh, awesome to hear. Like I, Every time somebody got up there, I was like, "Yeah, that's me right now. I feel that. Yeah, yeah I need yeah. to treasure Jesus more." Um, so, yeah, man, that one that 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 Sunday will probably stand up in my mind for for a long time. I think so too. I was on I was on the phone with Luke Snowden earlier that week, and I called Luke because Luke has been a part of a church that's practice um, having a prophecy mic every Sunday. So he just has more knowledge about what an open microphone can and can't look like during a church service and the impact that it can or can't have on a church service. So I called him this last week because I was like, man, the first week of open microphone was, it was great. Like, I feel like the Lord spoke powerfully through several different people. Um, but I'm a little bit worried that the pool is a little dried up <laughs> and that everybody's going to kind of blink at each other during week two. And everybody's going to be like, Hey, we kind of said what we wanted to say on week one. And so I was like, Luke, would you, would you nix it? Would you nuance it? Would you come at it with a different angle? What would you do? And he was like, dude, just pray that God will do even more through it and do it the exact same way. And I was like, Okay. We'll do it the same way. And I'm so glad that we did yeah. because like it really did like the Lord did bring new revelation, new wisdom, new insight, and more power through our time together. So I'm really glad that I didn't call any that we didn't call any audibles. Yeah. I mean, because like what's the worst case scenario? We people get up and say the exact same thing that they've said for previous weeks. Like we still need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and our preachers do that every week. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, uh, it's easy to, yeah, to get inside our own heads and be like, "No, nah, this isn't worthwhile." I was like, "No, it literally is worthwhile." Like, I don't think anyone, everyone left. So here's like, anytime a sermon is preached, you're gonna leave impacted, whether negatively or positively. And the same thing with with uh, doing an open mic time. People are gonna leave changed. Uh, mm-hmm. They may not like that change or they may like have really needed that change, but you're gonna leave changed. When you hear a single girl, single woman get up and share something, when you see a, yeah, and hear yeah. a married man share something or a grandmother or you know whatever who, whatever stage of life that person is in, it, it impacts you in, in, a, in a you know particular way. And so that's what's been cool, seeing the variety of people who've gotten up to share. It's not been like, all of our resident theologians getting up to share. Right. There's been yeah. a bunch of our women who get got up there and praise God. Uh, yeah. Dude. And have, have shared what the Lord has been teaching them. Which is so awesome because I, I and you and all of our pastoral team, but I have limited access to people's hearts, man. Like I do mm-hmm. like on Sundays when I get up there to preach, it doesn't matter how accurate I am. It doesn't matter how passionate I am. I have limited access to the hearts of people based on a lot of impressions they have of me. Like, at worst, some of our members see me get up on Sunday mornings and they're like, here we go. Freaking Cole doesn't get me. And he's a dude and in his 30s that likes to read theology all the time and also coach wrestling. He doesn't, he doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. And so I have like really limited access to people's hearts. Um, but when we have strong women leaders get up there and speak from the power of their experiences, those people might have greater access to the hearts of church members than maybe I do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just really cool to see the way that some people who are usually kind of on their heels on Sunday mornings lean forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, just, you see the beauty of the body of Christ in those moments. So that's, I've really enjoyed that. Any other significant things stand out to you from the open mic times? Yeah, I'm with you that the nine o'clock, um, the nine o'clock this last Sunday is going to stand out in my mind for a really long time. The one standout moment that I had, which was after the smoke had kind of cleared, and I mean we had it what like five six people share at the nine a.m. Mm-hmm. six seven maybe. So yeah, they feel like more people shared at that one than the rest of our services. 
So we, I mean, we heard a lot. And like you said, it was like a unified, powerful message from several different people. And then we transitioned into communion. And um, at, like every time that I unpack communion, I always say, this doesn't have to be quiet time. And it always is quiet time, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. It really is. Um, but I kind of have this dream or I guess this vision of that time of communion being this time where people kind of get up and walk around and pray with one another and families put their arms around one another. And every every Sunday we get a glimpse of that. Um, but this last Sunday, I got up after that time to unpack communion, stepped up to the microphone, looked out, and there were two or three different married couples who were just crying and praying with one another. Mm-hmm. And I got away from that microphone dude i stepped away i was like no it's not time <laughs> so i've never had that moment where i stepped up to explain communion to take it together and looked out and i was like oh too soon Cole. <laughs> god is doing some cool stuff get away from the mic step away from the microphone and let god do his thing so that was cool because like yeah i feel like for the last couple of years like i've been trying to we've been trying to realize that in our communion time and it happened yeah you know it's it's I would say the probably the majority of people who've grown up in the church, uh, communion is like this sacred uh, time where you have to be somber and you know do all this internal work. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we we get those glimpses. You know, it's you know it's not like we can't we can't be all gathered around the same table in a house and practice communion. So it's easier to treat it like this. Um, you know, time where it's, you can't talk or if you do talk, you've got to whisper. Um, so yeah, it, mm-hmm. I, I saw that as well yeah. this past Sunday. And, you know, I think the Lord is like the overflow from that, um, you know, time of open mic and sharing it, it bled over into our communion time. Yeah. Week one too. Um, so week one of open microphone, obviously as an ex English teacher, I just really deeply identified with Catherine Morse. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what she shared about how Lent has heightened her attention to what God is doing when she's a teacher mm-hmm. and how for her that opened up a couple conversations with students who came to her with girl problems or relationship problems. And it gave Catherine the opportunity to share Jesus with mm-hmm. those students. So obviously when Catherine shared that, I was like, I remember those times with my students when I was an English <laughs> teacher and I remember how sweet they were. So that was a meaningful moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And I, I, I think this, you know, well, well, this is the topic, but it's, I think people are surprised, um, Whenever they abstain from something and it brings attention to one area of life, but then that can also cause you to, to like be hyper aware of other areas of your life as well. You're like, well, I was doing this one thing over here so I could do this thing. But now I've realized that all of this stuff is going on. Like God is using me over here. I was just focusing on my own sin, but this has opened my eyes to how God is using me in my place of work. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's been a really cool, you know, cause if we put out like a, link to share on a Google form. What's God teaching you? Like we'd probably get like two or three, but during the open mic time, we're hearing it Mm -hmm. like immediately our fate. We are, you know, we see each other with our own eyeballs. We hear them, we hear their voice. Um, and so that's been really awesome. It's like here from a, somebody who's a a teacher to somebody who, uh, is working in the car industry, like hearing that wide spectrum of people being like, I am genuinely surprised at what God is doing right now. Yeah. Not that he's doing something, but the areas of their hearts and their lives where he's working. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's really cool, man. It's more work. Mm -hmm. It's more work for me than writing a 45 minute sermon as crazy as that sounds. But this type of thing, if it's going to be effective, it requires coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to say that I'm like this manipulative guy who goes around and tries to like manipulate people into getting the exact effect that he wants out of Sunday mornings. But we're their spirit- we're the spiritual leaders of this church. And this type of thing requires coaching from spiritual leaders. And so I've just had to be way more mindful about giving out coaching videos to make sure that people are thinking about this throughout the week mm-hmm. and Saturdays in the spirit gearing that towards like, Hey, here's a way of thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow morning during that open microphone time. And I've had to be more mindful about having conversations with church members where they're like, Hey, God's showing me this during this Lent season and me saying, Hey, I'd love for our church to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and so it's required a lot of coaching from me, which, which I like to do, but it's different than just, writing a 45 minute sermon. Yeah, no, it, it is. Yeah. So it feels like sometimes those moments where you 
do less, you're actually doing more. Like, yeah. And I think part of it is it, it, it taps into more of your emotions. Like in these moments where you hear someone like share that with you in a conversation, you're like, dude, that is invigorating my soul right now. And I think our church needs to hear this. Right. Like you, you need to share this with our church. Yeah. Or even Joseph, you know, he was leading worship and shared with our church in the first service at the nine. And then was like, then you were like, dude, you need to share that again at the 11. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't just for those people. That's for these people as well. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, that was only a special time and a special moment at the nine o'clock. And you know, God's not, that's not for these people at the 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's exactly right, dude. It's exactly right. So I like that though. Yeah. I like being a coach. I, I, a lot of, a lot of people in their walk with Jesus are so confined to Jesus and me mm-hmm. that they forget Pauline theology of, hey, everything God's doing in your life right now is for the church to see, look yep. at, behold, witness, and hear about, and to grow as well. You got to share. Yeah. Please share. Please share. Please share. If, yeah, and if practicing open mic is the thing that we need to do to get people to see that, you know, that's why I always try to tell, you know, leaders or community group members, like, what God is teaching you is beneficial for your community. It's beneficial for the people that you're leading. Because, um, yeah, he's not just teaching it to to edify and to encourage and to exhort you. He's, you're a member of the body of Christ. So whenever he invests in you, he's investing in the church. So, like, getting to see where... Um, I read a book on counseling and counseling's like I, seeing where Jesus is at work in someone and joining Jesus in that work. And so whenever, you, if you mm-hmm. have that perception of yeah. sharing what God is teaching you, you're identifying Jesus is at work and me in this area and I'm a part of this family. And so he's at work in this family as well. So yeah, get to see that good, little man. snapshot for, you know, 20 minutes on Sunday mornings is awesome. Well, let's transition into those, those two goals for our podcast. We've already kind of been doing this, but let's just focus a little bit more exclusively on that first question. What has God done during the Lent season? We shared some stories and we kind of talked about some big takeaways, but like, dude, in your opinion, as you look back at these last couple of weeks, do you think that God is specifically doing something to our, our church during the Lent season? Is there anything you can put your finger on and say, that's what I think God has been up to at Frontier Church? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a few things, but one of the biggest things that I've heard from multiple people, whether it's in my community group, in my own head, or um, other members of our church, is people are surprised at how much they busy themselves. And so as we've said, you know, hey, take away social media, hey, take away, put off uh, entertainment for a week, people, when they've done that, they've realized, oh, there's a lack of spiritual vigor in my life. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lack of communing with Christ in the everyday moments. And so it's like, I, I stopped uh, listening to music for this week, and I realized I listen to music all the time because I don't like the thoughts that are in my head, hmm. or I don't like the fact that I'm alone. And so as people have put that off, they've realized, I, I don't like this. Um, and so I just want to busy my mind and busy myself. And instead of communing with Jesus through prayer, I'm just listening to the same songs that I've been listening to for five years. You know, so that's that's some, something I've heard repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, um, dude. And that, that's true for my, my for for me as well. You know, how easy it is for me to sit down and eat lunch and not think about how amazing it is that God created you know created these animals and these plants and the farmers and raise up the farmers and gave the farmer skill and desire to plant this food or raise these animals. And, you know, the finished product is this chicken sandwich in front of me and I get to enjoy it to the glory of Jesus and thinking about how Jesus is the better and more nourishing meal, you know, but instead I'm just like slam this food down and then get back to whatever I was doing. Um, so that's been interesting. Yeah, it's like we were at a conference uh, last week, and they catered Chick Fil A for lunch. And that <laughs> that particular week, we were <laughs> we were fasting from lunch, and so bunch I'm just, of freaking weirdos. Yeah. everybody was eating Chick Fil A besides the frontier yeah. dudes at the table. So we're just kind of like you know, Nick was there, and he's just slobbering down this chicken sandwich and waffle fries. And I'm just mm. like, oh, that would be so good right there, <laughs> right, right now. I know. Um, but just thinking about like in that very moment. I, and I have the excuse in that moment of uh, we, have, you know, we're fellowshipping, getting to talk with other guys who are doing ministry in our state, and uh, so I didn't reflect on Jesus in that moment. But I can do that when it's just me, like driving, like instead of having lunch, you know, I'm on my way to a meeting. It's easy for me just to be like, I'm just going to drive and not think about anything. 
when I could use that time to commune with the Lord. Yeah. When yeah, I normally totally. be eating in that moment. Yeah. I remember that conversation we had with Judy Maxwell on a podcast like a, a year or two ago oh, where yeah. she talked about not wasting her drive to work. Uh-huh. That deeply impacted me. So that's actually what that reminds me of. Yeah, man. What else? What are some, what is an area that you see God doing like you, in our church? Well, it seems like we're following Jesus together. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that sounds really simple, but that, I think that's so cool. Yeah. I feel like for the first couple of years of Frontier, Frontier's life, what we did really well was theology and praise God um, that we did theology well. But he, so here's, here's a quote I've been thinking about from Eugene Peterson. I'm just going to read it. He said, he said, the Jesus way married to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. But Jesus as the truth gets far more attention in American churches than Jesus as the way. Jesus as the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among the Christians with whom I have worked for 15 years as a North American pastor. So what what I've what I've like the difference I felt in these last couple weeks is that so like the example I would use is there's a difference between us getting together as a church and me saying, okay, now go th- Think about, remind yourself of Jesus's grace this week mm-hmm. versus us getting together and saying, okay, now don't eat lunch for the rest of this week. One is theology and it's good. And the other is a way of life. And that's really good. Mm-hmm. Like one is information and that's good. But the other is behavior. And that is a different way of living your life. Because yep. it's not just about remembering the truth that you heard in the sermon on Sunday. It's about actually experiencing your stomach rumble. And then rather than just remembering Jesus's grace, you've got to like fight for it Mm -hmm. and plead for it and scratch for it. And so it just feels like we're like actually walking together as a church through a way of life together, which is what the practices of Jesus have all been about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, man. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head of talking about, you know, we're all about this, you know, tight theology, but kind of lacking in the orthopraxy. So like, okay, here's where our minds are. Here's where our hearts are. Where do our hands and feet need to go to follow Jesus? Um, so yeah, that's that's been a cool moment of like knowing that, oh, I'm doing this at the exact same time as another member of the church is doing this. Like I'm putting off the flesh in this area of life right now, and, and the church member across town is doing it at the exact same time as me for the exact same purpose. Not just mm-hmm. to stop doing something, but stopping ceasing to do one thing to do the another thing so that's been that's been good especially coming out of a you know year where everyone felt isolated and alone i think mm-hmm. i think lent is hitting hard in our church right now because of what we went through in 2020 it's where people were like oh we're in this together man like yeah, yeah. we're in this this isn't something that i'm doing but this it was you know funny a couple of people have mentioned it they were like, well, before I knew that the church was going to be, we were going to be in this church-wide Lent, I was already thinking about this in my life and practicing Lent. And so whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. they got excited, whenever they realized that, oh, this isn't just me doing this weird 40-day thing, but I get to do this with my family. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I've used this metaphor before in the past, but it's been a while, so I'm going to use it, <laughs> I'm gonna use it again. Uh, but have you, ever seen, um, have you ever seen an old wrestling mat from like 20 years ago? Probably not. So like now the wrestling mats are like super light and they're like in 10 different sections and they roll out really well and it's fantastic and it's great. Um, But like 20 years ago, like 15 years ago, like back when I wrestled, they were not like in 10 different pieces. It was like one super dense piece of foam that was really heavy because it had tons of pounds of sweat in it. (laughs) And so like, dude, when you would get done with a wrestling meet, Everybody on the team had to roll it up. Nobody got to sit and watch somebody roll it up, man. Like there weren't like a fourth of the team rolling up and like three fourths of the team like out hanging out. Like everybody needed to be on that mat. And so once you rolled that slobbery, sweaty, single piece of foam up into like this tight roll, you had to reach underneath it and lock arms with somebody across from you and then all hoisted up at the same <laughs> moment. Cause it was so freaking heavy, dude. Mm-hmm. And when you did that, if somebody on the corner let go, the whole mat would fall. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was so absolutely interdependent on one another to carry that thing. And if anybody let go, then that was it, man. And uh, 
carrying the cross feels like that. Mm-hmm. And Lent feels like that. Like it feels like we're all carrying this heavy thing together. Yeah. And that if one person lets go of the corner, like everybody kind of feels it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, the, the open mic times have been, I, I think Lent would still be impactful and meaningful for our church if we didn't do the open mics, but it's helped people actualize and realize what's going on. Um, so yeah, the, having those two things, like doing it and then not just hearing from a preacher, like this is what you need to do and this is why we're doing it. But yeah, that we, we've already touched on it, but that's been the biggest thing for me is the people in our church sharing these things. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're carrying this thing together. Yeah. It's not just me carrying it. it we're doing this together. Here, here's a moment. Last night at community group, my, my community group's usually pretty lively and we've got a lot of things to say and conversation is usually pretty smooth. Um, not last night though. <laughs> last night we got about like a third of the way or halfway through the conversation and we all just kind of started like blinking and looking around and eventually one church member just said, I'm tired of that. <laughs> and everybody else is like, yeah, I thought I was going to get more out of this season. I just want it to be over. I'm tired of Lent. And I'm looking around as a pastor and I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like it is like usually in community group, what you have is one person who's going through a difficult season and everybody else is like, oh, that sounds hard. Let me minister to you. But right now, it seems like everybody's in it together, man. <laughs> everybody's like, yeah, I'm tired, man. Yeah. And as I was listening to our community group think this, I was like, yeah, carrying the cross is going to make you tired. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like to carry the cross with Jesus. This is what it feels like to suffer with Jesus. And no, us giving up a meal on a daily basis is not an equivalent to Jesus carrying the cross and giving up his life. But it's not nothing. And it's at least a step towards developing the type of people who will carry that cross when the time comes. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it feels like God's making our church way more tight-knit. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's uh, realizing my uh, hypocrisy and criticism of, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, Lent's that Catholic church thing. And uh, they're doing it just to, you know, check, check something off of their Catholic box. And, um, and they're not doing anything with it. They're just, you know, not eating hamburgers and they're, you know, doing going through the motions. Yeah. They're going through the motions they, and they get together. They're like, we're not going to eat our hamburgers anymore, but uh, every week we're going to have this giant, awesome, delicious fish fry. So it's easy to look at that and throw stones at it. You know, like, um, you know, they're playing a sport that I'm not playing and I'm like, man, you guys are terrible. Like you're like, your game is weak here. Have you seen the over the, the meme of the guy who's overweight eating Cheetos and watching the TV and saying, if I was an MMA right now, I'd just choke him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm, I'm exact. I'm doing that exact same thing. Yeah. The, the couch Protestants like criticize the Roman Catholics. Yeah. But now I'm starting to, I've been forced into playing the sport. And I realize I'm terrible at the sport. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to. Oh, this is so good. Okay, e- this is so good. It's easy for me to just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna stop eating lunch this week so I can put on Jesus. And what do I do? I just stop eating lunch, and I fall into the thing that I've been criticizing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 putting off of things is easy for me to do, um, generally speaking. Um, but the the spiritual wrestle that goes into putting on, um, putting on Jesus, putting something in, else in place of abstaining from this one thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's caused me to identify the hypocrisy that I have in my own life. Like where I'm, I'm in the gym now and I'm trying to hit those weights and I'm way weaker than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier just to criticize people for, you know, their, you know, level of weight that they're lifting. Now I'm getting in there. I'm like, oh, I thought I could do like, you know, 150 pounds. I'm at like 50 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah. that's been something interesting for me. It's like, Oh yeah, I could, I'll stop doing that. Oh, but I'm not just supposed to stop doing that. I'm supposed to do this instead of that. Uh, and I don't always want to do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> instead yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I just want to do yeah. it. You know, that's kind of um, probably just a lot of my, uh, upbringing in certain church cultures where it's like, yeah, just abstain from these things. Oh, cool. So I just don't have to do that, but I don't have to do anything else. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we're saying. 
It's like, okay. So I've, I, I still wrestle with that mentality of, yeah, I'm just, I won't do drugs, but I'm not any better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm fasting from lunch. Oh, cool. Why are you fasting from lunch? Well, I'm supposed to be uh, fasting from lunch to do this, but instead I'm just going to whine and complain. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. My whole community group last night felt like Jacob in the middle of the night wrestling with God, mm-hmm. like towards the end of the wrestling match. Yeah. Where I, I imagine like before Jacob was blessed, he was just tired, dude. Yep. Like God is a superior athlete. And <laughs> And he hammers us and forces us and pressures us and puts his body weight on us and tires us and exhausts us. And everybody in CG last night was just like, I'm tired of Lent. And I I was just like, that's so good. Now, just like Jacob wrestling God, let's hold on. Let's Mm -hmm. hold on for dear life. Let's keep wrestling, even though we're tired. But let's let's hold on to his robe and let's beg him to bless us. And Uh, he's going to do it during Easter. Yes. He's going to do it during Easter. Hopefully, we'll all walk away with spiritual hip dysplasia after this. (laughs) We're like limping out of (laughs) noche. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm glad we went with putting things on, too, instead of just putting things off. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember the conversations at the elder level that kind of led to that? Yeah, Kent was like the big driving force in that. Was yep. like, yeah, this is all good, but because like when we would do feed the mission, like it wasn't just fasting, but we were fasting to heighten our spiritual senses, to pray for the lost, and to engage with people who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what we were putting on, and so it's like, okay, if we're denying ourselves over the course of these these weeks, uh, what do we need to put in place? whenever we're denying ourselves from social media or entertainment or lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or choose your own adventure. Like what, what's, what are we doing? Because God doesn't just want us to, to deny ourselves. He wants us to deny ourselves and to take Jesus, to grab a hold mm-hmm. of Jesus. So, um, I'm yeah, really thankful for Kent's like insight in that. So, and that, that caused, you know, us at the pastor table to like, okay, well, what, what would be beneficial for our church altogether? Like to put on, like, we can put, we'll put this stuff off. We got this list, but what can we put on in place of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. So those were fun conversations. Yeah, they were. They Thinking were. about the names and faces of people in our church. Hey, have your have your kids noticed Lent at all? Um, and this goes into you know my own hypocrisy, but like um, week one we were traveling, um, and so. And then Tracy is, you know, nursing, so she can't abstain from food. She's got to eat so that Abel is nourished. And so I, I think that it's not been a, it's not been a united front in our home like I want it to be. Sure. And yeah. for like lunch times, I'm usually gone Which during, okay. and yeah. I'm usually gone during lunch time, so they don't see Dad fasting from lunch and haven't be able to talk with them about hey, this is why Daddy's doing this. So with um. With the with dinners like that's that forces the conversation. I'm usually gone for breakfast time too. I don't eat breakfast, so <coughs> that one wasn't like a big deal. Um, and mm-hmm. I like, but I didn't drive the conversation. Like this is why Daddy's not eating breakfast because I don't eat breakfast. So I should have reimagined that time when I'm dropping Lydia off at school. Um, so yeah, I would say probably not just because the things so far that we've been fasting from have been, uh, I've they've not seen me do that um like w- w- the week with no entertainment it was like we we're traveling it's just like hey here's an ipad for everybody everybody gets an ipad just be quiet and don't scream mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah so yeah man it's not been uh, as spiritually forming for my kids as i uh, thought it would be and that's partly my lack of leading my kids in that area of life right now um and part of it's like stage of life that they're they're in right now yeah. What about yeah. you? What about Russell and Della? Um, yeah, there've been there've been a couple of moments where they've noticed like something's up, so, something's up, something's different. Um, like one moment was uh, I think like the second or third day into our no television, no entertainment week, Russell and Della were feeling that way more than Chloe and I were, dude. They were like, "Where's the trash truck? At? Why are we?" <laughs> um, but like on day two or three. Russell started saying, "Hey mom, hey dad, come come watch a movie." And he wasn't talking about the TV screen. 
he was do, he was playing a movie for us, <laughs> like awesome. with his with his cars and everything <laughs> like that. And so it was really cool to see like him take over the the imaginative capacity. And I was like, wow, we're only a couple days into this, and already like the kids are starting to make up their own movies without the television screen just giving them movies. And that really made me think like. I like catechism mm-hmm. and I like scripture memory. That's so important, but also a way of life disciples kids at a different level too. Mm-hmm. And so I think I kind of saw a little bit about that this week, um, that week. But I think there's going to be a compound effect too, where like five or ten years down the road, I think it'll have a yeah. big impact on Della and Russell. Yeah, and that's you know why I've been frustrated with myself. Like Advent was really spiritually forming from for my kids part of that was because we've we've done our own whether it's like really small like we started off when lydia could understand things like you know just reading like uh we use the uh, jesus storybook bible uh advent reading plan and so we started off with that so like this year she's like oh yeah jesus came and jesus is coming back like that's in her mind now mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i'm hoping yeah as you know, this is the first time we've done, it's the first time I've practiced Lent in my entire 29 years of living. So I'm hoping that I can learn from, okay, here's where I failed in leading. Here's where my kids just didn't get it. Here's where they had a limited exposure, but now they're older. Like, what can I, what can I do next? What can I put on next year uh, for, for my kids to see the the purpose of Lent being played out in the life of our family? Cause they're getting it at church. Like they, they see and hear those things at church, um, but just not as much in the home. So Mm-hmm. I want to expose them more to that. Well, let's let's shift gears then, man. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that second goal of the podcast of looking forward. Like we we're towards the end of Lent. We've only got a week and a half, two weeks until Easter. But is there anything that comes to mind for you when you think about okay, what do we want God to do during the rest of the Lent season leading up to Easter? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's looking at the sayings of Jesus on the cross um, as you're you're getting this, it's building up to the climax. And the climax, you know, if you were watching a movie, Jesus would come off the cross, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He dies, and he's buried, and he's resurrected. The buildup is his is his resurrection. So I've been like, it's been really cool for me to think through these say- sayings of Jesus on the cross, and you know, in, in a similar way, I guess I've been approaching it as you know. Um, in the Catholic Church, I don't know if the Orthodox Church does this or not, but like the the stages of the cross, where they've got you know these figure, these carvings or these paintings of these Jesus carrying the cross, and oh, he's he just fell. Now now they're getting a guy to help him carry the cross. Oh, he's being laid down on the cross. They're putting the nails in his hands and his feet. So I've been kind of approaching the sayings of Jesus in that way of like, okay, he's saying this. And he's you know close to death. He's saying this. He's even closer to death. He's saying this. He's even closer to death. Um, and so that's been fun for me to to story myself with the death of Jesus, so that I can make the death of Jesus, um, you know, seeing the gruesomeness of Jesus' death, mm-hmm. experiencing the weight of of the wrath of God being poured out on him, um, because I want it, I want to experience that, so I properly experience Resurrection Sunday. Like that's what I, that's what I want to happen, um, so um, so I, I'm I'm hoping that's like our church is also able to see that like these significant things that Jesus is saying and why is he saying them and why is he subjecting himself to death on the cross that's so he could be resurrected and glorified that's mm-hmm. why he's doing this mm-hmm. um, so I, I hope our church can take on that mindset but I'm also I haven't chosen what I'm going to give up for this last week of Lent yeah neither have I neither have I I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm just trying to figure out what's going to be most meaningful and impact, impactful for sleep. me. Sleep. I'm just not going <laughs> to sleep for a week. No sleep for a week. You'll have some trippy visions before Easter Sunday. That Easter sermon was banging. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to yeah think of what do I want to put off So and, and, a, and what's going to be like a... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I haven't landed on anything yet. Yeah, I've thought about like all extra biblical reading as one for me, which I know that for most people they're like, that sounds like a treat. <laughs> Not for me, though. That yeah. Sounds like the cross. <laughs> I can feel the splinters in my back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know how I'm going to land. I've thought about caffeine because mm-hmm. I like my caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
yeah, I've thought of several things. I don't know. I've tinkered with like maybe do like extended, like full day fasts before Easter, not seven days of it, but try to do two or three days. Oh, so, sure. So yeah. I don't know yet, but I I hope that our church, uh, like, and we'll, you'll do a good job coaching our church on this on Sunday, but like get creative with it. Yeah. Like yeah, think man, of something yeah. that is significant to you to abstain yeah. from, to put on and to and create anticipation for you. So it's like, man, if you weren't eating food for seven days and then you tie together that breaking of that fast with the resurrection of Jesus, you're going to get hot and bothered. Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what can I put off to build up this anticipation for the coming of Jesus? Mm. Like the resurrection of the, the, the Christ who literally died, who was literally resurrected. Like, how can I party on Easter Sunday? That's sweet, dude. That's sweet. Any surprises about Lent, like in the past, and that you think that you hope to see continue these last few weeks of Lent? Yeah, one would be that I do legitimately believe that we received a prophetic word. Mm -hmm. So, in the first week of open microphone during that time period, Eric Barnum got behind the microphone and exhorted our church to go on a permanent Lent and a permanent (laughs) fast from pornography. Uh And it was a powerful moment, and I've already had several conversations with young men who were like, that word was for me. Um, and so I, I do think, and, and by the way, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, that word hit me in a weird place, then I need to talk to somebody about that, reach out to a pastor, reach out to me, like, let's work through this. Because I think one of the things that's surprising to me is I do think that right now our, our local church is going through... Um, yeah, I, I I think a lot of people in our church right now are giving up porn, dude. I mm-hmm. think they're repenting of it and purging themselves of pornography. And that was not on my radar as like a goal from this season. But I think God's doing it. And this in the couple conversations I've had with young men, I think God's doing that. Yeah, man. You know, it's that's like the thing that you get worried about for open mic times, <laughs> for prophetic word times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh, he, he said it. Like and it's it feels weird and awkward, but man the the yeah same for, with me talking with dudes in the church like the freedom that that just hearing hearing an older brother in the faith like say that mm-hmm. and not out of you know a, a, not out of a place of judgment but you know the things that you talk about are the things that you normalize what he did for us was help normalize the conversation of repenting from sin to to seek purity in Christ and to not you know take your body the living temple of God and pervert it with with adulterous actions so that, that yeah that helped normalize be like oh that guy just said that thing and we've preached sermons on you know fleeing from sin from repenting of of pornography or mm-hmm. promiscuity we've mm-hmm. we've preached on those things but like we was, we've already mentioned it's like oh this dude who's not a, getting a paycheck for this he doesn't have the role as pastor, yeah. But he yeah. just called. He just said, the, "God has told him that we need to we need to pursue purity in our church." So yeah, that was that was that was yeah. I don't think that he made that one up on his own. <laughs> and like, it's really rewarding for us as pastors too, because we're we are reformed in our theology and we're reformed in the way that we view the local church. And so, as opposed to the way that the average um, I don't know. I guess I guess the average like mega church or non denominational pastor views the church as this organization that he needs to grow, mm-hmm. and so Sunday mornings are about getting as many people there as possible. But as as reformed pastors, that's not the way that we view the Sunday gathering. That's not the way that we view the church. We view it the way that Paul viewed it, which was Paul viewed the gathering together of the church as him presenting the bride to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He talks about presenting the churches to Jesus without blemish and without spot and in their purity. So Paul, in a way, views himself as almost walking the church down the aisle to Jesus as a pastor. And Paul wants to give Jesus a pure, joyful bride. Mm -hmm. And so for me as a pastor, like, I want to gather together a church that's pure, mm-hmm. that makes Jesus smile, and that that honors Jesus. And so it was really cool for me to be like, yeah, it's just not it's not just the pastors who want that. Yeah, 
yeah, man. That, and we had some new people there at that service, and I was like, oh, what are they going to think? Like, that was where my mind goes, you know? Right, right, right. I'm like, no, get that out of your head. Like, that's Satan talking. He's whispering sweet nothings yeah, in your yeah. ear. Were you worried about this church growing numerically so you can do more things? Like, But yeah, hear, hearing, you know, and guys are talking about it, but, you know, statistically speaking, there are women in our church who are looking at pornography. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, it, totally. you know, it, it normalized the conversation of, I because sin in general, but specifically with sexual sin, like one of the things Satan wants to do with that is to make you think you're the only human being in the history of the world who struggles with this particular sin. Right. And so what happened on Sunday was a beam of sunlight came in and said, "You're not the only one." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was powerful. I was wondering if maybe like, what are we going to do with that moment? Because I do think that was from the Lord. So I was wondering, like, maybe we need to do a podcast mini-series on pornography and what it looks like to fight that. Yeah. I don't know. Something to put on the table and yeah, think about. for sure. One thing that's been surprising uh, for me is to hear how, um, you know, we've already touched on, like, the struggles of, of practicing Lent. Um, what, one thing that's been surprising for me is to see how it affects people in different stages of life differently, um, like, where from what I've heard from some of our single folks in our church is yeah, like I'm, you know, just look, used to look forward to like whenever we, you know, I stopped watching TV or stopped listening to podcast or stopped doing Instagram uh, at night. I felt alone. I felt lonely. Um, so it's been interesting to see how that impacts people differently than other people. You know, I've heard like, well, hmm. you know, I, my wife is all in on this thing, but I'm not really all in on this Lent thing. Oh, yeah, so like yeah, see, just yeah. seeing how it impacts people differently and it's, 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 it's forcing certain conversations, which I, I love, you know, if, if at the very least Lent just causes us to realize our deep need for Jesus, that's a freaking win. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been cool to hear people in different stages of life, hearing people from, you know, in their early twenties, all the way up to people who are uh, empty nesters and like talk and them talking about how I have realized I love Instagram way too much, or I realize I look forward to this one thing way too much. Mm-hmm. And that has showed me my deep need for Jesus. Yeah. I think about, I really like what Dana said last Sunday about the hot tamale. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just a little hot tamale. It's just a little red sugar cube or i guess not sugar cube but sugar capsule yeah this is a little red sugar capsule but it was profound because she just was so open and honest about the power that that little hot tamale has had over her affections and she said something along the lines of i realized that most of life is made up in the small moments Mm -hmm. and so it's about winning those small moments yes and if our church members had a bunch of hot tamale moments that would totally be worth it. Yes. Like all of Lent would be worth it if everybody in our church had a little hot tamale realization where they realized this Netflix thing, this Instagram thing, this little sugar cylinder thing, it has more power over me than I thought. Mm-hmm. Help me, dear Lord Jesus. Then that would be a win. Yeah, man. That'd be a win. Yeah. I'm so glad that she shared it because it's, you know, it's like, it's just a, it's just a hot tamale. Like get over it. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, this is there's a battle going on in my soul right now over a hot tamale right, and enjoying right. Jesus. Like it, like what that, and I think again that normalized the conversation of these little things have more control over us than we realize. Because everybody has a hot tamale. Yeah. It's not Dana. No. Everybody has a little hot tamale uh-huh. that just is it just it just has a hold of uh-huh. them, man. Yeah, your Instagram feed has a. Hold on your heart that you don't realize until you right, say, "Right, we're going to stop doing this for a week." Mm-hmm. And then your your thumbs start twitching. You're like, "What's going on with this thumb? It's having this, you know, phantom sympathy of not being able to scroll up or down or press, lo- you know, the like button." So waking <laughs> up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, going through withdrawals, man. It's is it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, any as we wrap up this podcast, any any last words on Lent, Easter, anything like that? Yeah. One, I would say if you're down in the dumps over feeling like you've failed at practicing Lent, uh, don't feel that way. Well, maybe you do need to feel that way, but don't stay there. You know, it's, you know, that's why I loved the Habakkuk series coming right into Lent was Mm -hmm. you see Habakkuk cry out and complain, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't stay there. So like, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, man, I suck at this thing. 
And I, I know that I do, but I don't need to stay there. I need to say, give me more Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me take more Jesus in this moment. Um, so I would just encourage you in that. And, and then also, like if you haven't done it these past three, four weeks, it's still okay to start. Like you can mm-hmm. start now. Join in with your brothers and sisters. Even if you fall on the way, like you can still do this and it, it will still be um it'll it'll still be powerful in your life. Like this is a team this is a team effort that we're on yeah. right now. Yeah. We're all picking up yeah. the wrestling mat together. That's right. You can join we may you know, other people may be carrying the wrestling mat and it's not drooping, but you can come alongside it and it it get moved and put away faster and it'd be more impactful for you to lock arms and say, we're doing this thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. I like what you said about more Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the note that I want to end on too, because last night in community group, as I was recapping, I was like, okay, this is kind of where I feel like we're at right now as a community group. It kind of feels like you're not getting what you want out of this season. And another member in our community group, really gently, but also rightly, I mean, he, he, he rightly rebuked me, like, gently, but he was like, let's just remember that it's not about getting things out of this season. Mm-hmm. Like, carrying the cross is not about getting things out of it. You know, like, it'd be great if we all had a breakthrough, and it'd be great if we all had little revelations, and it'd be great if we had realizations of our little hot tamales, and I want us all to have those moments. But it's not ultimately about getting things out of this moment. He was like, it's ultimately about getting God. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess that's where I'd probably like to end the podcast, is yep. like, hang on, keep pushing, don't quit, <laughs> try to get God out of this, mm-hmm. not just something else. It's possible. That's right. That's right. Church, we love you guys. Thanks for devoting yourself to this little podcast, for pulling up a chair at this table, and for hanging out with Andrew and I. We hope that this last 45 minutes or an hour helps you practice Lent with more intentionality and maybe even with more joy. And we also help, of of course we hope, that it helps you worship local.